It's Jackal right here on your classic metal show from their self-titled debut release. As uh, Chris informed me today, 28 years ago today, they, they released it on July 4th. That's what I was told. All right. 28 years. That's a long fucking time. Yeah, isn't it? It's, it's, it's longer than I've been doing the CMS. And I love the Jackal though. I do. I, you know, I, I tell the, I'll tell the story. I know I've probably told this story on the show before. I remember hearing Jackal for the first time. This was back in, uh, 93, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was driving a truck and I was driving through Nashville and they had a, a rock station in Nashville. I'm trying to remember what the call letters were at the time, but, um, I remember for the first time, Jesse James was live in the studio with uh, the DJ. It was an evening show. Okay. And, and he was there promoting the uh, release of the Jackal uh, self-titled release. And um, it just caught my ear. And, and, you know, he just was this kind of this good old country boy, this southern, sure. uh, you know, God forbid, uh, Confederate flag waving, you know, guy. And it was just all about, uh, you know, the good, good rock and roll, just bass, mm-hmm. guitar, drums, vocals, kind of an ACDC vibe. And I was just like, these guys kick ass. And, and, no, my, and mind you, this was in, this was in the nineties when the grunge thing already kicked in. Right. And they were doing classic metal, classic hard rock, whatever you want to call it at the time. And I was just like, man, these guys kick ass. And then, of course, MTV, who was still playing music videos, mm-hmm. they had several music videos, and one of them featuring uh, John Klodner, who, right. who was it was hugely behind the Jackal release because uh, mm-hmm. you know at the time John Klodner still had a lot of clout, and and he was kind of a hit maker for bands. And he was hugely, he was behind like Sammy Hagar. He was behind, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dokken. He, he, you know, promoted a lot of shit. And, uh, for 93 for Jackal to come out and be as successful as they were, uh, having MTV videos, getting songs played on commercial radio and still being a viable style of music at that time. Uh, they, they bucked the trend. They did. And they, they got perfect storm too with the debut. The debut, you know, you had Kalodner, who was still a huge name. Actually, because of grunge, the fact that they debuted with big money behind them because of Kalodner mm-hmm. actually helped them because they were like the last of what they were washing away. Exactly. You know, but it was new. It wasn't a new, it wasn't, you know, Guns N' Roses anymore. It was something new. So that was helpful for them. And, and people forget this, but me being the dork that I am, they also wrote in that album with the hottest producer at the moment, which was Brendan O'Brien. Okay. Who had done done Pearl Jam. He had done Pearl Jam's 10 album as well. And he, he did like the mix or the, the producing or something with that album with uh, the Jackal record. And so he, you know, his presence when Pearl Jam was blowing up actually gave them some more steam as well. It it was it was really a perfect storm for them to have success. Okay, you know, what's funny is I, I 
you're going to laugh. I didn't like Jackal at first. Oh, I, I loved him. The minute I heard him, I was just like, I was hooked. Remember, maybe you have this, maybe you don't. Do you ever have songs where when you hear it the first time, you don't like it, but you sort of keep listening to it anyway? Yeah, sure. That was me with the Lumberjack song. Lumberjack song was the first song I heard. And I was, I, and, and I'll be honest, even now, I'm not a big fan of the, but the thing that, the thing that captured my attention with Lumberjack is mm-hmm. when, when the music starts and Jesse James goes, ha, ha. yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that caught my attention immediately. Oh Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was a fun song, but I just thought it was way too gimmicky. Yeah, it was for, gimmicky. For I agree. I agree. And then, but then I think the second song I heard was I Stand Alone or something. Right. And, and, and I really liked that. And then I went to the store and saw that they had a song singing about cocks. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> loves my cock. So I, of course, bought the member at the time that wasn't on all of the records yeah, either. True. They had the the clean version and the dirty version. Right. And you had to actually, if I remember right, I bought it at like Peaches and I had to ask for the dirty version because (laughs) they only only had the clean version out on the floor. Yeah. And and the whole thing is, is that they uh, made a video that, that made fun of the whole PMRC thing. Right. Mm-hmm. The guy the guy was walking around with a trench coat with like CDs, the long box <laughs> CDs under right. his coat. Hey man, you want to buy some music? <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. And we've had fun with Jesse. Obviously, oh, dude, I've I've hung out with Jesse probably on a half a dozen of occasions and obviously you and I hung yeah. out with him uh at uh USA Rock. Yeah. And uh, drank drank his horrible booze. <laughs> Drank his horrible booze. Me and Scotty smoked his bass player's weed. <laughs> Moonshine. We had a lot of fun with those guys. We did. But do, always my favorite, though, and if you can find it quick, find it. But if not, you know, my favorite of all time is, is and it really was the, honestly, I think it was the very, very spark of what this show is now was that night when oh when, yeah we were goofing on it well we were goofing because jesse was late for his interview and i started doing the impression of jesse and you you actually said something about like that that was totally not fcc friendly you were, right i did you, i said i said i'm gonna i'm gonna fire up this chainsaw and ri- you know rip him a new asshole or rip, something rip you a new <laughs> And, and you just talk, and asshole was clearly not a word that we were allowed to have on. Certainly not on on school radio. No, no. Less. no. But but I think I think asshole was an FCC violation too that you just didn't get caught with. Yeah, right? I think. But we were doing it like at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but so, it, but so it, was, it was beyond safe harbor. Right. It was, but it was still. It was it was way if Bob Long would have heard that, that would have been the end of the CMF. <laughs> probably, you're probably, probably heard it. I'm gonna rip you a new asshole. All right, Neely, you're gonna have to leave now. <laughs> I'm Bob Long. Right. <laughs> True. But yeah, th- this was I, I mean, I uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is either the first or the second time I ever appeared on the show, isn't it? True. It was like way, it was, I think it might've been the first time I ever appeared on the show. Yeah. 
We we were just kind of cutting up. I was actually supposed to have Jesse on the show live, and and he right. missed his interview. And you go, well, you don't need to interview him. I'll just fill in, you know. And you just started riffing like Jesse. Yeah. Have you heard this, Sal? No, I no. I, don't, I don't have it. That's the, I do have it, but I don't have it here. No. Oh. I saw those guys. Oh, wait a minute! I do have it. I ha- I right. do have it. I think. It's so funny listening to this now because we both sound yep, so I have, young. I have it. I have it. What year is this? Do you uh, have that? This was 2000 and I think it was 2001 or 2002. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Long time ago. Uh, let me see here. Let's just looking for this. Uh, Neely and Chris, Vince Neal, uh, long-haired Mike. That's not it. I'm going through these real quick. Let's see here. Girl Money, Neely and Chris on Music's Bottom Line, Bob Long, Twisted Twisted Sister, Mike, um, Back for More. That's where goofing on uh, uh, Papa Chuck Maiden. Uh, Lakewood, Cock Exploding, Chuck Negron. Gotta be there. Let's see here. It's uh, Badlands. The hell is this? Chris on uh, Dave Mustaine. What is this here? Death Angel. Oh, here we go. I got it. Got it. Here it is. Good. All right. This is this is very and we've played this before, but this is really early when Chris and I really didn't know that each other really that well. Yeah. But we kind of realized we had a little bit of chemistry and this i believe this is about 2000 like 2000 it's 2002, it's 2002 because we were talking during the relentless he was calling in relentless and that's 2002 yeah all right so here's chris and i off the cuff just riffing uh, we had nothing planned and we were just kind of know each other we didn't even know each other truly. really and we just started riffing, and this is this is kind of where you and I realized that we just sort of had a chemistry. Yeah. So this was almost 20 years ago. This was uh, 18 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. All right. So so here you go. It's Jesse James Dupree from their self-titled debut release. It's Jackal with Dirty Little Mind, and we're going to be talking with Jesse James tonight at 1130. Woo! He's already called in once tonight, said, I'll be damned if I'm going to miss this interview. I tell you what, Neely, I'm going to be there, Neely. As soon as that clock hits 1130, you better bet that Jesse James Jack will be there for you. Woo! <laughs> hey, we, we might as well not even call him. We'll just interview you. I'm ready to do it. <laughs> I got this album, Neely, called Relentless. It's because I'm relentless on that stage. Relentless, I tell you. Let me crank up that chainsaw and rip your new asshole. (laughs) 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 If push comes to shove, I'm going to show you what shove it is. Because I'm Jesse James. Woo, Dupree, Jackal. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be talking to Jesse James tonight. We'll be talking about the new are. Relentless. He's in the studio tonight doing some recording. So he says, uh, just call me up. I'll be on the radio with you all tonight. Tonight. Yeah. All right. So 1130. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking with Jesse James. 
the whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but but that was that was you just stepping into the studio to promote Music's Bottom Line, your magazine, yeah. and yeah. we were just cutting up and just and and here's the here's the backstory. Jesse was supposed to call the show the week before. Right. And he totally forgot. <laughs> and he didn't call the show. So his publicist was just like, oh, I'm really sorry. Jesse forgot or, he, you know, he got misscheduled or whatever. He'll he'll do the show tonight. So just to make sure everything was set up, Jesse called the studio and said, I just want to make sure this is the number. Uh, I'm in the studio tonight. I'm recording. I'll call you at 1130 and we'll do it. But then you came down to the studio and mm -hmm. you were promoting music's bottom lines, latest release. And then we just kind of started riffing about the whole Jackal thing. Right. And, and that's how that just sort of like morphed into the whole ad lib <laughs> Jackal. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing is, at that time, that incarnation of the classic metal show before me, the before the BC, before Chris. Yeah, before Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, CMS BC. BC. Yeah, CMS BC. On CMS BC, it, there was almost no talking. You played about 70 songs a show. Pretty much, because, yeah. you know, the only people I had to rely on was Papa Chuck Maiden, which was somebody you introduced me to. Yeah, And little Mike, who was a big fan of the show and who just kind of wanted to come down to the stu studio and hang out a little bit, mm -hmm. but he didn't want to be on the mic for the most part. You know, right. he kind of gradually got on the mic a little bit. Not much. Not much. And then big Mike, who was a truck driver, yeah. he would stop down periodically and just kind of hang out. But he only wanted to hang out because he just wanted to listen to the tunes. But and the but, weird thing about Big Mike, hold on. Let's not let's not just gloss over Big Mike and the fact that his intestines were fucking hanging out <laughs> of his stomach. Yeah, he had Ooh. he had the distended uh belly button. Oh fuck. Is that and, a he had no, and he had no problem showing that off either. Oh. You would see it and he'd be like, Oh, you want to see this shit? And then, hey, look at that. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Get some surgery, dude. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he had a hernia in the belly button, more or less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! And then you had Randy, and Randy didn't really want to. All Randy wanted to do is sit in the parking lot, and get high. Yeah, he wanted to <laughs> smoke his weed. Rocking Randy. Yeah, rocking yeah. Randy. Randy would go out in the parking lot, get high, come back in, listen to Neely. Neely's Neely's whole commentary would be stuff like, "Hey, that was Y and T, and you know, speaking of Y and T, they're going to be over at the SOS Lounge on." On Friday, and I'm going to be out there to see him, and I'm hoping that it's a good show because Dave Menachetti is usually great. Now let's get back to the music. Here's some rat. I mean, that was really it. And then, and then it would be Randy or or Chuck would go on your classic metal show, right? And that was about all of the interaction there was. And then all of a sudden, I come in, and me and you just started riffing. Yeah, because you could talk. Well, because I was doing at the time, I was doing the metal show on WMMS. Yeah, and and but the other guys had the fear of the mic, and they just yeah. couldn't like step in there or say anything. And it was just like, oh, I'm trying to carry the show, and I'm trying to get a little interact interaction here. 
And uh, these guys were just like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's like, I'm going, I'm going too, Neely. <laughs> that was it. And then I got there and I damn near pushed them out of the way. I was like, you, get out of here. I, I think by the end of the show, they were all standing at the door and I had the whole second half of the studio. Well, you would come in. The studio was set up with two mics and you would yeah. take the second mic mm -hmm. and the other guys would just kind of stand along the back wall. Yeah. And just watch. Yeah. Just watch the greatness unfold. <laughs> <laughs> and and I tried to include those guys as often as I could, but they just would not put anything into the show they would not have any input they just didn't get it and meanwhile you and i would just every time i came down there because then i we started trying to get me down there about once a month yeah and you did because yeah. the music's bottom line came out once a month right at the beginning yeah so we were coming down to promote it once a month and you and i would just riff yeah we and just it, gotta it cut up and talk and just you know just shoot the shit about stuff and the other guys would just kind of chime in periodically, but nothing. And it was just like, okay, let's, yeah. I, and, and I tried, I mean, I had, uh, you know, rock and Randy came down as a, a co-host and you know, he, he just didn't really have a lot going on and little mm -hmm. Mike would have a little bit of input, but not very much. And then you introduced me to Chuck because he was a, you know, hardcore uh, music bottom line guy, and he would yeah. do some interviews for you and distribute the magazine. And you go, uh -huh. you know, I need to introduce you to my friend Chuck. I think he would make make a good co-host because he's really interested in this. And then I got Chuck down there, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing to me that these guys didn't want to talk because it was fun and, and it. It's really funny because even when you, when we play these segments, that's about how much talking we did. Even back, you know, back then, that was a lot of talking for that show. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and what was that segment? Two minutes or yeah, a minute? It, or it was like just under two minutes. Yeah, and that was a lot of talking on yeah, the show. It was. I agree. You know, and and then, but it just got to you and I just got to be friends and. I had a lot of stories and you had a lot of stories and I would prod you to tell some stories and you would prod me to tell stories. And we never, and again, it, it was the genesis to this because we never planned anything. No, never. I, and, I mean, again, I didn't really know you that well at yeah. that point, but you would come down and you would step up to the mic and we would just start riffing about stuff and it, it just turned into something. And it was always, it's funny because we don't do a ton of this now, but it was always like impressions or singing bits or you know, <laughs> the back for more thing. That was just off the cuff. We were at the end of the show trying to get the fuck out for God's sakes. And, and out of the blue, we were making fun of Chuck and I started making up lyrics to back for more. Well, let's, let's kind of give people the Genesis because, you know, obviously everybody's not from Cleveland. Sure. But you had the music's bottom line, which, yeah, which, which was a monthly magazine. Right. And mm -hmm. everybody who contributed to the magazine did it out of the passion of enjoying the music. Yeah. It and was definitely not a moneymaker. No, <laughs> there was no money involved. 
but because of the magazine and your connections, you got tickets to shows and you go, right. Hey, I know you're a fan and they're coming to a you know local venue, whatever band it was mm-hmm. or artist or something. And you right. go, Hey, if you want to go review the show, I got a couple of tickets. You want to go. Right. So people would go to the show free Mm-hmm. Review the show, write a little write up, submit it to you. You'd put it in the magazine, and that's how you got your content. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. and so people, how many people do you think were involved with the magazine? You know, total as far as like your writers, contributors, whatever. There was a lot. It was like twenty. All right, it was there was a lot of writers? All right, because music's bottom line did not just stick to metal either. Yeah, you I'm did sure. the whole music thing, the whole genre, everything. Yeah, I'm sure you remember. I interviewed Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys, <laughs> no all shit. kinds of bands. Right. So, so it was just an all-encompassing magazine for the for the uh, music entertainment of the Cleveland area. That included Cleveland, Akron, Canton, you know, mm-hmm. the surrounding areas, and you know, the fans. The, the fans who had a little bit of ability to write, they would write up a review or an interview or a concert review or a CD right. review. And they would submit it and you'd put it in the magazine and you'd put that all together and release that in print form right? once a month. And then everybody who was involved with the magazine would come and get their bundle of magazines and dis- right. and distribute it in their local area. I would come right. and get a bundle of magazines and I would take it to Digital Days or I would take it to Quonset Hunt or 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 anything like that. Somewhere that was close to me and I would drop off 50 copies here, 50 copies there. Right. And everybody did that. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody contributed. Yeah. So so you how many how many magazines do you think you Printed on a monthly basis, uh, twenty thousand. Okay, twenty thousand. Yeah. So I would get about a thousand magazines, and I would drop. Mm-hmm. You know, I would take fifty or a hundred copies here and there, there and there, and I would make yeah. ten or fifteen stops. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would drop it off, and my our friends Chuck would do that, and everybody else who was involved, they would all drop off fifty, hundred. 200 copy whatever it was right to their local area or our friend chuck who was big big music fan loved the classic rock classic metal whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. he had an area that he would cover and one of the areas was called lakewood it's a part of cleveland it's a suburb of cleveland Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a um it was kind of known as a gay area Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody kind of knew it. It was kind of like if, if you live in Chicago at all and, you know, Sal lives in North Chicago, yeah. but he knows that Wrigleyville is kind of a gay area, right? Is Am I right, Sal? East is of that, that. East of that. It's Boys Town, right? Yeah. Uh, directly east uh, between Wrigley and the lakefront. Uh, but you're right on the north uh, coordinates there. Yep. They, uh, it was Parade Central, fuck, three weeks like ago. Like that means anything to me or any of our <laughs> listeners. You know, cause, because I'm, I'm not from there. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. I don't care. 
but people who live there uh-huh. know a little bit about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we, you and I, kind of knew that uh, you know it, it was kind of known that uh, you know that uh, Lakewood was kind of a gay area. How many blocks yes. long was that, guys? I mean, was it like because by us it's it's it's, it's not, yeah it's not huge the area that I was referring to in, in terms of what Neely was asking me. I mean, talking about a block or two is I mean miles oh, bigger than that. It's is like it? a city. <laughs> oh no shit. Okay, all right. So I, I, what would you say with Lakewood, Neely? About uh, I would say it's probably about six to eight blocks worth, maybe. Yeah. Six, like, like six by six or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. Like our thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So we were kidding our friend Chuck. We called him Papa Chuck because he had what, like eight kids or something? Yes, or eight kids. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. And he wasn't even old. He yeah, was he like was, 30, 30 years old or something. He had eight kids. Yeah. <laughs> his, his wife banged out oh, a kid fuck. like every, every 12 months. Oh, yeah. His, his wife was either. His wife was either <laughs> pregnant or stitched. <laughs> always. And you're, always. And you're laughing, Sal, but this is absolutely true. I'm tired Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck might have been 30 years old and he had seven children already. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, I think I remember you talking about this. And dude, uh, so Chuck was like a hardcore music's bottom line uh contributor he loved to go to shows he was all about the rock and roll not so much about the kids or the wife or the family he fucked the (laughs) wife got her pregnant and it's like yeah i'm going to a show yeah but yeah because he was was never home he was always out at shows (laughs) well that's because he was avoiding going home yeah yeah Yeah. i bet Mm -hmm. so um chuck chuck would come down to the show pretty religiously he would come down yeah. to, he didn't contribute a ton but periodically he would jump in there mm-hmm. and hold, hold on one second neely let's let's put one other point out there about chuck chuck lived at least an hour from he the did. studio he lived way up in what menor menor past there like almost near geneva yeah so he he lived an hour away at, at, at least an hour from the studio okay <laughs> But he came down every Saturday night and then drove home at three and three, four in the morning. Yeah, he didn't he didn't get home till like four in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, Chuck was a good guy, or I'm assuming he still is a good guy. I haven't seen him since our CMS night out. Yeah. But uh he contributed to to music's bottom line he distributed the magazine he would go to shows he would do interviews he would do reviews mm-hmm. you know it's like an escape for him yeah so chris and i just started riffing on chuck <laughs> for no apparent reason yeah and uh here's a little taste of that <laughs> WSTV, the classic metal show. It's Dokken from the Erase the Slate release with the title track. Just before that, we heard Don with his nuts and a vice on uh, Paris is Burning. Hey, can you say that on the air? Yeah, nuts and a vice. Yes. <laughs> Paris is Burning, the live track, never recorded as a studio release. <laughs> what, what are you doing, little Mike? <laughs> You're over there whacking it. 
Uh, he's swinging. He's, uh, he's like, Paris is burning. Paris is burning. Chunga, chunga, chunga. He felt something rising up from looking at that Excel. <laughs> and that, that wasn't the Phoenix rising either. Hope he isn't in the sword fight. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that goes. Wait a minute, I'm not the one that goes to Lakewood. But <laughs> well, your Come buddy, on. your buddy Tracy was. Come on, the little sword Mike, do an arm yeah. lock with Neely. Come on, do an arm lock with Neely. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Eesh. unbelievable. Yuck. Tossing that except the. <laughs> you said tossing, tossing what? <laughs> Can't toss well, he wasn't Lakewood today. Who was? Chuck? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I there. swear, honey, I was not in Lakewood. I swear. <laughs> that lipstick around my, um, Johnson. <laughs> you said. That lipstick around my Johnson. <laughs> and I almost said dick, and then I was like, ooh, I gotta watch. <laughs> I know, my Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. I just wanted to look pretty for you. <laughs> I did it for you. The length I'll go to keep you happy. Oh, <laughs> so there we are with the keeping the chicks happy. <laughs> and telling dick jokes on FCC radio. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been married, man? How long were you married, Chuck? <laughs> were you married, man? How long oh, God, were you no married? Comment. Get me in trouble. <laughs> He's a good man. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Hey, just because you have 30 kids. Chuck's got nine. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. I love that. So you were making references to um, Salty Dog. Yeah, the cat's got nine. Yeah. Chuck's got nine. <laughs> Chuck's got nine. And we, were, and we were just like, I can't believe you're banging out another kid. Yeah, he, he was crazy with the kids. Yeah. And, and he kept telling us, well, it's the wife. She wants another one. And it's like, did you ever stop to say no? Yeah. And then he got divorced. I cannot imagine oh that one. Oh, oh, yeah. He he walked away from that totally. Yeah. Because when we saw him, and, and he always looked like Kid Rock. I mean, he literally looked like Kid Rock with the long hair and everything. He came out to that CMS night out with us. And he's like knocking on the window before we even opened for the show. Right. And neither one of us recognized him. No, he looked like Bob Seeger. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> who is this? And he literally walked up to me and goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I'm like, look at it. Like, who the fuck are you? Fuck are you shit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking of that. And, and he goes, <laughs> <In> unison. <laughs> he's like, it's Chuck. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. He aged like 30 years <laughs> in like five. He did. Yeah, he, 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 I, I saw a photo of him, I don't know, a year or so ago, and he still looks like the old guy, but now he's got like the porn stash grown into <laughs> it's really, uh, it's quite a look. I don't know what he's doing or I haven't talked to him in forever, but and I like Chuck. I don't know how that, how we just kind of fell out with Chuck. I don't think we fell out. No, we I didn't we, fall out. He just kind of like, he was just in flux. In he was just in flux, but he came out to the CMS night out with some new chick or a chick that he went to high school with. Yeah. 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 And 
you know, I, I went over and I was talking to him and I was just like, dude, what, what the fuck happened with the wife and the kids? Because I think he had like eight at that time or something. (laughs) And he was just like, yeah, dude, I had to get out of that situation. That was just driving me fucking insane. Oh, I cannot imagine what his, what his support payments had to look. I mean, they had to just be like crippling and boy, quite a catch a dude like that for a young chick, you know, just (laughs) look at a date and whatnot. Well, of course, he he had to have that chick just to live with her. (laughs) Well, his chick, his new chick. Yeah. Was yeah. telling me about, you know, well, you know, I know the whole situation and I know her and she's just fucking crazy and she just ran him into the ground and she was all defensive and stuff about Chuck. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, she may have known it, but she should have been fucking scared to death of his dick. <laughs> she was about Christ. to say, yeah, a fucking a hot weapon, right? Loaded. <laughs> That guy could take a piss and get a toilet pregnant. <laughs> a cab seat. So so here's here's Chris and I, mostly Chris, uh, ad-libbing back for more of Chuck and Lakewood. In Lakewood. Here we go. WSTV, the classic metal show. It's Rat with the back for more. And we're out of here. The back of the whore. (laughs) (laughs) It's the back, the back of the whore. Nice. I creamed her back. Wow. The back of that whore. She lives in Lakewood. The back. She lives in Lakewood. She lives in Lakewood. How did I wedge that in? <laughs> and you can hear Chuck going, oh! <laughs> of the whore! Oh, wow, Chris got the whole thing down there for you. You know, he's ad-libbing that. That's not really a song, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, how about that? That's not the original lyrics. Well, you know what? Since, since Chris was in the mood and uh, he... Uh, came up with some great lyrics we're gonna get out of here and we're gonna leave you peaceful so before i announce his cannibal corpse yeah, that's right um, mummified in barbed wire before i get out of here <laughs> cannibal corpse mummified in barbed wire oh yeah you wanted to go out peaceful <laughs> that was something you did the going out peaceful for years i did half, half the life of the show at least it was so it was sort of like a little gimmick thing mm-hmm but and, I mean, even even the online show for years ended with "Let's go out peaceful." Here's ballad by whoever. And again, but but this kind of started with the show because, and I, and I'll tell you how that started. And and this was actually brought up to me this week, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, one of the song, one of the most popular songs that I played on the show mm-hmm. was Vandenberg "Burning Heart." Right. And. You know, I had I had some chick fans, and they they love that song. Sure. And it was just like, could you could you like end the show with Burning Heart, man? You know. And yeah. so so I would I kind of like picked up this whole gimmick of ending the show peaceful with like a ballad, you know. So I'd like right. like play Alone Again, Burning Heart, you know, love something peace. something something like that. And yeah, it kind of became like a tradition, right? You know. And I did that for a long time. You're right. Yeah. 
That was good, good stuff. I mean, it was always fun because we, you know, especially later, and I guess it was still early in this development at Laser Wolf time. Yeah, well, the the show at this point was uh, only five years old. Yeah, but by the time we got to internet and me and you started doing it together and whatnot, it was always funny once we started riffing a lot because we'd get, we'd be, we'd be going a hundred miles an hour at three o'clock and then it was like okay you know we we would be cracking the fuck up and we'd be <laughs> laughing on some i mean we would be laughing so hard at some of these dirt talk segments or talking metal segments or whatever that both of us would be holding our ribs hurting yeah literally hurting from laughing so hard and then you would end the show with love bites by Def Leppard. yeah so, so you had to like cool it down or something you know yeah it was like okay, we we we're we're gonna go and pass out if we don't slow it down here. <laughs> Too fun, man. Sure. All right, here we go. Uh, make sure you pick up the new bottom line with uh, Jim Toma Trader on the. <laughs> That's when uh, Jim Tomy left Cleveland Indians and oh. went to the Philadelphia Phillies. Or was it the Phillies or White? I think it was the Phillies. Yeah, Phillies, it was the yeah. Phillies. He, Sox, he didn't yeah. go to the White Sox until after the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. And I went crazy. <laughs> yeah, because because the Indians at the time, because Jim Jim Tomey was the big, huge, uh, you know, star of the baseball yeah. te- team, and uh, the Indians offered him the same deal. Yeah, if I remember right, as the yep. Philadelphia Phillies, and he elected the Phillies over the Indians, and they were just yep. like, "You fucking traitor! You fuck yep. you!" You know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was one of them. And, sure. and you and you featured him on the uh, front of the cover. It's just like Trader, Jim Toma Trader. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. I, in yeah. fact, I might even have that copy. Yeah, if I remember right, we got in, we got in trouble for using that photo, too, because it was like a not licensed yeah. photo. <laughs> Jim Toma Trader. <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, I did get a phone call from the Indians organization Telling me not to use that image anymore. Yeah, well, it's too late. It's on. It's on uh, twenty thousand copies already. <laughs> yeah, so already out. So you're gonna have to sue me. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Take my assist. mortgage or take my yeah. take my rent at the time. I don't even <laughs> own my outfit. Fuck. The cover, or check it out online www.mblzine.com. Want to thank Giannino's Pizza here in Streetsboro at the Streetsboro Plaza for. Tossing us a pie. How is- All right. So there was a local pizza shop. Yes. Uh, at, you know, just within Streetsboro. And they used to listen to the CMS. Mm-hmm. And every every week, without fail, they would call the CMS, uh, the, the, the WSTB studio line and go, hey, can we bring you a pizza? And all, right. and all they wanted was just some mention on the show. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, bring me a deluxe. And <laughs> and within 30 minutes, they would bring me a deluxe pizza. And, and uh, mm-hmm. Giannino's Pizzas was good. Are they still around? Giannino's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a good pizza. Mm-hmm. And they'd bring me a, a large pizza every week. Yeah, you know, they just, no, for not for any reason, just for saying, hey, Giannino's Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. I didn't call them. They called me and they said, yeah, we'll bring you free free pizza. So we had free pizza in the studio. Every week. Yeah. Every week they'd bring us a pizza. Yeah. 
So that was always cool. So I'd always give them a plug at the end of the night. So here you go. That pie, little Mike, was it any little good? Hairy, little hairy, little <laughs> hairy. <laughs> How was that pie, little Mike and Chris, a little hairy? <laughs> always pervy. A little hairy pie. Fur pie. Fur pie. Love it. Pizza here in Streetsboro at the Streetsboro Plaza for tossing us a pie. How was that pie, little Mike? Was it any little good? Little hairy, little hairy. <laughs> That's Chuck laughing in the background. Really? Well, they, couldn't believe, they couldn't believe that I was saying, you know, these dirty things on the CMS. You're horrible, Chris. I know. They were like, they were, they were horrified. They thought I was going to get it canceled. I, I know. It's a shocking radio. <laughs> Shocking! How old was little Mike at the time? He was twenty-eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was about twenty-eight. Oh, oh I thought it, I thought you were talking about law school, Mike. That I met at uh, no, 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 thing. No, oh, no, I'm no, sorry. No. no. Oh, okay. No, this, this guy, this kid, I called him a kid because he's about ten years younger than me at the time. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, you know, he was kind of like an awkward guy, socially awkward, you know. But he loved his music. He knew his bands. He loved his music. And he just called me up one day out of the blue. And he was just like, man, you know, I, I, could I come down and kind of hang out with you in the studio? I'd love to, you know, <laughs> check out your CDs and stuff. And, that, you know, that's what he was really into. He was just like, he was just like a music guy, you know. <laughs> but he was really socially awkward, you know. He just yeah. just had no social graces at all and, you know, whatever. But that that was his thing and i was just like yeah i could kind of use a, somebody kind of help me out with picking out music and picking out cds because i was playing the show totally on cds not mp3s <laughs> and and i literally was bringing in hundreds of cds on a weekly basis to you the had to, you had to see this setup it was so the the studio itself if you can paint this picture in your mind the middle of it was there was like a board that was set up in the middle and then on the sides like on the sides mm -hmm. were just countertops neely would lay out cd books in alphabetical oh, order it, and there was what seven or ten or something of them yeah there it, it, and each book had like 250 cds in it yeah, the, this was this was before you know this was before ripping MP3s and all that. I literally carried the physical CD into the studio every week. And when he's talking about that, for you people that are watching on CMS TV, it's every one of those CDs that's behind him. That is absolutely true. <laughs> it was every single one of those CDs were were in a book that you brought yeah. to the station every week. True. You used to have to come in, what, about 45 minutes early At just least. to set it up? Yeah, just to get it all laid out, just so I could have it in alphabetical order, so I could, you know, have fairly quick access. And yeah. for for the, you know, for all intents and purposes, little Mike uh, acted sort of as an intern, because while mm -hmm. I was running the board and, you know, running the show, and I needed to pick a CD, he would flip through the books and find that disc so I could, yeah. you know, put it up in the CD player and actually play it. Yeah, you would just kind of call it out, Cinderella, Long Cold Winter. Yeah, yeah, and he would dig it out and yeah. bring yep. it to me, and I'd 
pop it in the player and get it queued up and ready to go. This was, you know, this was before technology. Yeah, exactly. but that but that was the most meta, uh, modern technology at that time. Sure was, yeah. You know, so I had to actually play physical product. Mm-hmm. And and little Mike helped me out a lot in that regard. Yeah. All right, here we go. Strange meat on it, but it tasted good. <laughs> All right, let's back that up. So, so little Mike is commenting on the Giannino's pizza. Chris calling it a little hairy. Little Mike saying that it had some strange meat on it, but it tasted pretty good. Plaza for tossing us a pie. How was that pie, little Mike? Was it any little good? Little hairy, little hairy. <laughs> It had some strange meat on it, but it tasted good. I don't know what kind of meat that was, and I really don't want to either. But it was it was a pretty good pie. It had a little bit of swollen ham there on the sides, but you know. <laughs> a little bit of swollen ham on the sides. Arby's. <laughs> yeah, we. If Bob Long would have heard this, that would have oh. been the end of the show. <laughs> What kind of swollen ham were you talking about, Chris? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Swollen ham. Oh. <laughs> a little swollen ham on the side. Can't remember. It was 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's the genesis of where the show started getting, you know, the, the, the banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to play that a little bit again, and we'll go where it, see where this goes. Meat on it, but it tasted good. I don't know what kind of meat that was, and I really don't want to either, but it was, it was a pretty good pie. It had a little bit of swollen ham there on the sides, but, you know. You know I don't think it had been through the meat grinder. Yeah, yeah it didn't go through the meat grinder, but. You get your pie in Lakewood? I don't want to know about that. I think I'll be. <laughs> Inside joke, but now I know it's if, fucking funny. If you get your pie in Lakewood, <laughs> but we don't really want to know about that. <laughs> fucking a. Wow. Just I think I'll be cutting an MP3 of that for the Classic Metal Show website tonight. Oh, <laughs> So order up, order up some Giannino's pizza from the Streetsboro Plaza, 330-626-9999. Thank you very much. Check out the Classic Metal Show website throughout the week, www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Mr. Aiken will have tonight's show up online by tomorrow evening, as always. At least I think he will, unless he's sleeping. He looks like he's ready for sleep. I'll have the first one running before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> right. First of eight tapes. So if you missed any part of the show tonight, you can hear it all online on the Classic metalshow.com so back in 2002 we were literally podcasting the show yeah before before it was a thing yeah before it was a thing yeah so that's i was i was telling the decibel geek guys about that about how long ago we had to do we were doing the podcasts and how i had to hand code everything and I had to teach myself. I mean, we were really podcasting about as soon as Adam Curry invented it. Well, even before Adam Curry invented it. Yeah, because we were we were doing the stream thing first. Yeah. And, and then once podcasting became a thing, then we were doing 
<laughs> yeah, but but we were doing you were were already doing it before Adam Curry actually made well, not, it a thing. Not podcasting. Well, I mean, stream, for the most part, streaming. It, yeah, streaming. But in in reality, what we were doing was like the earliest form of podcasting. It was on demand streaming way before there was anything. True. It just, remember all those dumb players we used to have to use? Divix. Yeah, and, you uh, had to use the real player. Uh, oh, real player. And and then I would have to. I had these huge files that would take forever to fucking save. And, and then I had to save them in different formats in case people were using windows media or yeah it was it was like it was like dot ram dot wav dot asx (laughs) yeah it's all this bullshit that's nowhere to be found anymore but yeah and (laughs) that was a long time ago yeah it was 18 years ago fucking time i just remember sitting in front of that computer getting an earful of bullshit from the wife (laughs) you know because i was working on the cms on sunday right and then finish and then as soon as i finish like well gotta go because i had to go do the metal show on sunday i remember so it was literally no time for you honey (laughs) and i wonder why she left right (laughs) you drove her out yeah, somehow I don't think that's completely accurate. <laughs> Not from what I read in one of your books. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Any more plugs? Any shows? Anything? No. Nothing going on? No. All right. Well, enough's enough. December 20th. That's right. We'll have in to get back Parma, with Chip and see is, see what's up with him. That's see, important. See, see, you just interviewed Chip this week. Mm-hmm. And here we are 20 years later and we're still interviewing <laughs> Chip. <laughs> Sadly, our guest, our guest circle hasn't grown much. Yeah, <laughs> same guys. Twenty years later. Yeah, but Ch- Chip has always been great. Oh, he's the best. I yes. love Chip. I got, we we saw him uh, back in October opening up for uh, Tom Kiefer. <laughs> Dude, doesn't that seem like a hundred years it does. ago now? It does, and and you know the thing is, is Chip. Chip, you know, he, he's not a mega rock star, but he's a name, and. uh you know, I go back there at the uh, the um, foyer area of that, uh, what is it, the Goodyear Theater? Yeah, the Goodyear Theater. And right. he's just out there taking pictures, signing autographs, all kinds of stuff. I walk up, he says, oh, Neely, my brother. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> and he just, like, totally just, like, stops everything to, to say hello to me. And it was just like, wow, dude, that, you never change, man. You always look the same. Dude, you look just like you did 22 years That's ago. That's exactly what he says, too. That's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. Dude, you want you want to know how slow and miserable this year is? <laughs> Do you realize that, what is it now, July? So, do you realize that we went to the Bow Wow Wow thing? In January. In February. Yeah, February. It's like, it was I pulled my pre-COVID right before this bullshit. It was right before COVID. Uh-huh. I, I, I pulled my ticket out of my wallet this week. I was cleaning <laughs> out my wallet full of shit, and I found the ticket. It was like February 8th or something. And I was like, holy shit, this was like right before the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like that That seems like that was 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
this fucking year sucks 10 dicks yeah well well, well uh, sal and i went to that show and i was showing yeah. him some photos from that show just today yeah and it was just like here we are at the house of blues in chicago with with our good friend uh eric farantinos sure. and bow wow wow and it's like holy shit dude yeah it's like forever I, ago i enjoyed immensely hanging out with eric and dinsey and oh that was fun and when in Rome guy, whatever. When in Rome guy. What's funny is Chip brought him up. Chip is friends with that guy. Yeah, I know he is. And and Chip Chip was Chip brought him up in the interview that I did with him. And I didn't say anything to it because I didn't know the guy's name and I didn't want to call him Win in Rome guy. Yeah. <laughs> well well when he was here when the Win in Rome guy and and Bow Wow Wow and Motels were here. We brought up Chip, and he was just like, yeah, you know, Chip usually comes out to the show. And I said, well, did you call him? He goes, yeah, I don't think he's in town right now. I think he's, like, out in Vegas or somewhere. And he goes, yeah, I worked with Chip for, like, a lot of years. He's, like, produced my music and all that kind of stuff, you know. So yeah. so he goes, but, you know, if he was in town, he'd probably be here tonight. I like that guy. That That guy was cool after he got over kicking us out of the room for a minute <laughs> when in rome guy but I, I i still don't know his name he was just when in rome guy yeah i didn't get it either the i don't think i ever knew his name i don't ever think anybody ever said hey this is charlie or yeah. bill or what his name is <laughs> charlie or charlie. bill i don't know what his name is i don't I have to look it up now when rome guy when in rome even I guess I got to look up band because there's a movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And let's see. Um, is it Michael Florielli or John Saravolo or Chris Willett? <laughs> Who knows? He, he still went in wrong guy, even when we're looking at the fucking <laughs> names. He had an English accent. I with those Italian names you just ripped off. I don't know if I, is is that the right well, band. The, when in Rome 2, mm -hmm. that's who we saw. Uh, all right, it must be John Saravolo. Really? Because he's the vocalist. Okay. That was the that was the guy with the beard, right? A little bit of a beard. Oh, uh, shit. Fuck it. This when in Rome guy. Why are we arguing this point? <laughs> we, we, we hung backstage and only actually went out for Bow Wow Wow, right? You know, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't even get to see Motel. No, we no. just heard him. No. Oh, then, I saw, I saw like twenty minutes of that old lady and was like, I was about to say, "Who invited somebody's grandmother?" To get fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, Martha, she, sorry. <laughs> with, the, with the military hat and everything that she was wearing, she looked like Udo's mom. <laughs> she just looked like some old bag. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, sounded good. Oh. She definitely sounded good. She sounded like yeah. she did, you know, thirty plus years uh -huh. ago. But boy, yeah. Didn't age well. Right. <laughs> Went and played the 82 video, brought a tear to my eye because she was actually hot back then. <laughs> yeah. Now she looks like a fucking candidate for a COVID death in a nursing home. <laughs> I don't know how she's fucking touring. I, please. <laughs> yeah, she did all right. I mean, oh, yeah. from what yeah. we heard, it sounded pretty good. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Let's finish this up. Right? Yeah. Revolution. Isn't that next to Lakewood? I think so. <laughs> Chuck ought to feel right at home up there. Do you have a there. date for that show, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs>
he's working. What are you working he, on? He's working the street corner that night. <laughs> hey, fella, you want a date? <laughs> hey, big fella. Come on in here, honey. Let's listen to some accept together. <laughs> the Sunday. I thought old... the name Bobby was a girl's name. <laughs> <laughs> It's killing him. I thought Bobby was a girl's name. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out in the street corner in Lakewood. So we got into the whole gay joke stuff. We did. Oh, my God. People in the chat room are whining because we've covered this before. So I say we cover it some more. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I say another 30 minutes. <laughs> a run. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. funny. But anyway, little history there. It was just kind of fun to relive that. It was awesome. Do your own show, you fucking whiny yeah, bitches. You don't have 25 years of history to cover. So fuck you. Exactly. Would you rather us talk some more politics, cunt faces? Would you rather us do that? And uh, this- you want to talk some more COVID? Is that what you want to hear? And as much as they, dickheads. and as much as they pay for the, oh, that's right, it's free. Sorry. Let's talk about more looting and rioting. Then let's go to that topic. That sounds like a fun thing to talk about again. Let's do that. Where's Jackal with his smashing guitar from his pilgrimage? <laughs> let's get right to it. Come on. Shut up! If we're boring you, leave. Go somewhere else. Don't ever fucking come back. It won't hurt our feelings. Eddie Trunk is begging for you to subscribe to his podcast. Right. Go right ahead. <laughs> Jamie Josta is ready for you. Who? Of course, hate breed singer. He's ready. <laughs> Go subscribe to a shitty podcast like the Aftershocks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll learn you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's play a few tunes. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. What do you think? All right. Cool. Sounds good. Got a got something in mind you'd like to hear? I do, actually. All right. Um, it is a band since I mentioned Aftershocks. It's a band I interviewed on Aftershocks, myself and Matt. Um I think it, it's going to actually air or whatever you call it. Release. Uh, it's always about you and Matt. It is. <laughs> it's always about us. But the band is called Moss Generator, M-O-S Generator. And the name of the song is Shadowlands. All right. Not and Doc and Shadow Life. No, definitely <laughs> not. No. Moss Generator, Shadowlands. It's not. Yes, Big Generator. Yeah. No, it sounds like um, like the Watchers or Fu Manchu or okay. one of those kind of doomy metal stuff. Yeah, doom and gloom, doomy corner thing. Cookie Monster vocals? No, no, regular okay. vocals. Cool. All right. No, well, here's Moss, not Moss Tequila, but Moss <laughs> Generator. Right. And this is Shadowlands exclusively here on your classic metal show. <laughs> 